Father, in the name of Jesus, as we open up the word of the Lord here tonight, we ask you to anoint it, Lord God, and give it life. Let it minister to our hearts, Father. I pray for myself that you will help me to communicate the word of the Lord to my brothers and sisters here tonight effectively, Lord God, and organize my thoughts and my words. Let your word do a great and mighty and powerful work in all of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, Amen. Okay, let me read this section of scripture. Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 9 says this. I am, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. I think that we can all agree that these are some very strong words that the Apostle Paul is speaking to us in general, in the church here tonight, would you all say amen to those? Those are some very powerful words that the Apostle Paul is speaking to us. And it's really the Holy Spirit that is speaking to us. And last week we looked into verse 6, and it says this. Let me repeat what it says in verse 6. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different Gospel. In other words, I am shocked, the Apostle Paul is saying. I'm shocked that you have so quickly forgotten where you came from. You have forgotten how God gloriously saved you. You have forgotten how God rescued you. Remember, you were out of control. You were without hope. And it was God and not, it was all God. It had nothing to do with you because you could not save yourself. And God is letting us know Never forget how God saved you and how God has been good to you. No matter how life treats you, whether good or whether bad, never takes your, take your eyes off of Jesus. Never stop focusing on Jesus. How many of you know whether things go good or whether things go bad? Our focus always has to be on the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say amen, church? They were being held captive he wanted Israel to remember how God had saved them from their hopeless and helpless situation in Egypt. The Israelites were being held captive and forced into slave labor by the Egyptians. And the Egyptians were a people that were much more numerous than the Israelites and much more powerful than the Israelites. But God rescued them. And sadly, Israel was now guilty of forgetting how God rescued them and how God saved them from that horrible place of bondage. Church, never forget how God saved you, how God rescued you, how God saved your life. Let me read this long section of scripture that I read last week, but I want to read it again. It says here in the book of Psalm chapter 78, verse 10, starting at verse 10, it says this, they did not keep God's covenant and refused to live by his law. They forget, they forgot what he had done, the wonders he had shown them. He did miracles in the sight of their ancestors in the land of Egypt, in the region of Zon. He divided the sea and led them through. He made the water stand up like a wall. He guided them with the cloud by day and with the light from the fire all night. 
He split the rocks in the wilderness and gave them water as abundant as the seas. He brought streams out of a rocky crag and made water flow down like rivers. But they continued to sin against Him, rebelling in the wilderness against the Most High. They willfully put God to the test by demanding the food they craved. They spoke against God. They said, Can God really spread a table in the wilderness? True, He struck the rock and water gushed out. It gushed out streams, flowed abundantly. But can He also give us bread? Can He supply meat for His people? When the Lord heard them, he was furious. His fire broke out against Jacob, and his wrath rose against Israel. For they did not believe in God or trust in his deliverance. Yet he gave a command to the skies above and opened the doors of heaven of the heavens. He rained down manna for the people to eat. He gave them the grain of heaven. Human beings ate the bread of angels. He sent them all the food they could eat. He let loose the east wind from the heavens and by his power made the south wind blow. He rained meat down on them like dust, birds like sand on the seashore. He made them come out. He made them come down inside their camp all around their tents. They ate till they were gorged. He had given them what they craved. But before they turned from what they craved, even while the food was still in their mouths, God's anger rose against them. He put to death the sturdiest among them, cutting down the young men of Israel. In spite of all this, they kept on sinning. In spite of his wonders, they did not believe. So he, in, he, so he ended their days in futility and their years in terror. Whenever God slew them, they would seek him. They eagerly turned to him again. They remembered that God was their rock, that God Most High was their Redeemer. But then they would flatter him with their mouths, lying to him with their tongues. Their hearts were not loyal to him. They were not faithful to his covenant. Yet he was merciful. He forgave their iniquities and did not destroy them. Time after time, he restrained his anger and did not stir up his full wrath. He remembered that they were but flesh, a passing breeze that does not return. How often they rebelled against him in the wilderness and grieved him in the wasteland. Again and again, they put God to the test. They vexed the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power the day he redeemed them from the oppressor, the day he displayed his signs in Egypt, his wonders in the region of Zone. He turned their river into blood. They could not drink from their streams. He sent swarms of flies that devoured them and frogs that devastated them. He gave their crops to the grasshopper, their produce to the locust. He destroyed their vines with hail and their sycamore figs with sleet. He gave over their cattle to the hail, their livestock to bolts of lightning. He unleashed against them his hot anger, his wrath, indignation, and hostility, a band of destroying angels. He prepared a path for his anger. He did not spare them from death, but gave them over to the plague. He struck down all the firstborn of Egypt, the firstfruits of manhood in the tents of Ham. But he brought his people out like a flock. He led them like sheep through the wilderness. He guided them safely so they were unafraid, but the sea engulfed their enemies. And so he brought them to the border of his holy land, to the hill country his right hand had taken. He drove out nations before them and allotted their lands to them as an inheritance. He settled the tribes of Israel in their homes, but they put God to the test and rebelled against the Most High. They did not 
keep his statutes. There's another section that I want to read. Again, it's a little long, but I want to read it. It's the word of God, and I want it to sink into our spirits, starting in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 11. Again, another warning against forgetting God and what he's done for us. It says this in verse 11. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, My power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth to me. But remember, the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. Church, isn't it God who woke us up this morning? Can you say amen? You didn't wake yourself up. No, God woke you up. Praise God for that. So now let's get back to our section of scripture here in Galatians chapter 1. And I want to read verses 6 and 7. And I want to focus on verse 7 tonight. Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. But I want to focus on verse 7. It says this. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion. And are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. Everyone say the word confusion. Okay, that's what the Bible says here that was happening to the churches in Galatia. They were going into a state of confusion. Okay, it says here that there were some people that were infiltrating the churches in Galatia, causing the people in the church to be confused. And that's a very serious thing. There's a very powerful verse of scripture in the New Testament. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33. In the NIV, it says it like this. It says, For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. But I like the way it says it in the New King James. In the New King James Version, it says this. It says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, and as in all the churches of the saints. Now, one of the most effective weapons that our enemy has is his ability to lie and cause confusion. It began with Adam and Eve. This serves as an example, as a lesson, as a warning for all of us. In the book of Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, this is what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Right off the top, right off the top, the first words out of the devil's mouth to Eve were a lie. 
The very first words that the Bible records that are coming from the devil are a complete and total lie. God never said you must not eat from any tree in the garden. What is it that God actually said? We find that in, Gen- we find that in Genesis chapter 2, verse 16. The Bible says this in 2.16. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. God said the complete opposite of what the devil said. So from the beginning of time, we see that the devil specializes in lying. Listen to the words of Jesus Christ our Lord that are found in John chapter 8. I'm sorry, John, yeah, John chapter 8, verse 44. Listen to what it says here. This is Jesus speaking, and he says this. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So from the very beginning, even Jesus said, the devil, all he's been doing is lying and lying and lying and trying to bring confusion into the minds of those that want to follow Jesus and want to follow God. Let's get back. Let's go back to Genesis 3 and read a little further. Let's go to verse 2 now. Genesis 3, verse 1 and verse 2, it says this. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Listen to verse 2. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. Here we see that there is some, actually a good thing that happened here. In verse 2, we read that Eve responded to the devil's lie with the truth. Eve said to the devil what the Bible tells us in Genesis 2.16, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. Please be warned right here. Please be warned right now. This is for all of us. This is for all of us today, for the right here, for the right now, and for the future. If at any time someone comes to you and tells you something that is different from what the Bible tells you, you should recognize right away that that person is speaking lies to you. Did you hear what I just said? If somebody comes to you and tells you anything that is different from what the Bible says, they are a messenger of Satan. They are trying to confuse you. You should recognize right away that that person is trying to cause confusion in your life. You should recognize right away that that person is an agent of Satan or the devil. In this particular case, Eve responded to the devil's lie with the truth. This is the same thing that Jesus did when he was tempted by the devil in the wilderness. Listen to how Jesus responded to the devil in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Many of you are familiar with this, but let me read it. It says this. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. How many of you would be hungry and very weak after 40 days and 40 nights of not eating? I know I would be hungry and thirsty and a mess after one day of not eating, okay? Jesus went through that for 40 days. Listen to what it says here in verse 3. When he was at his weakest, when he was at his hungriest, it says this, the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. 
Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, it is written. It is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high place, very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. Notice that the devil came to Jesus not just once, not just twice, but three times. And each time, Jesus always responded with, It is written. And again, it was at his weakest, most vulnerable point, and Jesus still held on to the word of God. So getting back to Eve. She was not starving. She was not hurting. She was fine. She was in the Garden of Eden. She was being blessed by God. And the Bible says, in the beginning, Eve did great. She responded to the devil with the truth. However, a red flag should have immediately went up in her soul to let her know that something was seriously wrong. But sadly, instead of recognizing that something was wrong, instead of recognizing that it was not normal for an animal to be speaking to her, instead of realizing that this beautiful and fascinating and amazingly dazzling creature was dangerous to her and lying to her, she continued to have a conversation with the devil. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 3. Let's go to verse 3. Verses 1 through 3, and let's focus on verse 3. It says this. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. So now let's compare what Eve said in verse 3 to what God actually said. In verse 3, Eve said these words, You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. What is it that God actually said? We find that in Genesis 2, 16 and 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but, verse 17, But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So God said that you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And Eve said you must not, not eat fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden. What is the question? Is the tree of knowledge of good and evil the same as the tree that is in the middle of the garden? Is it the same thing? Genesis chapter 2 verse 9 answers that question for us. It says in Genesis 2 9, The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So are the tree of knowledge of good and evil the same as the tree that is in the middle of the garden? Yes, we're speaking about the same tree. So let's go back to Genesis chapter 3, verse 3, and look at the second part of what Eve said. 
But God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. That's legit. And you must not touch it. Was Eve correct in saying that they were not to touch it? She was not correct, church. What does Genesis 2.17 say? Let me read it again. Genesis 2.17. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's all God said. He never said that they weren't able to touch it. Just that they weren't able to eat from it. Sadly for Eve, she was wrong. She was guilty of doing something that is forbidden by God. She was guilty of adding something to the word of God that God never said. Did you hear what I just said? She was guilty of adding words to what God said that he never said. What does Revelation chapter 22 verses 18 and 19 say? It says this. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this scroll. If anyone adds anything to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in this scroll. And if anyone takes words away from this scroll of prophecy, God will take away from that person any share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this scroll. Listen, you and I cannot be messing with this Bible. We have to keep it the way it is. Can you say amen, church? Listen to what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 1 and verse 2. It says this. Now, Israel, hear the decrees and laws I am about to teach you. Follow them so that you may live and may go in and take possession of the land the Lord, the God of your ancestors, is giving you. Verse 2. Do not add to what I command you and do not subtract from it. But keep the commands of the Lord your God that I give you. Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 32. See that you do all I command you. Do not add to it or take away from it. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5 and verse 6. It says this. Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words or he will rebuke you and prove you a liar. So sadly, Eve was guilty of adding to God's word. She was guilty of making God's word more strict than it really was. She was guilty of exaggerating God's word. She was guilty of overstating God's word. She was guilty of overspeaking for God or misrepresenting God. This is exactly what was happening to the Christians that were in the churches in Galatia. They, there, there were people coming in and adding to the word of God, making the gospel more complicated than it really was, making salvation more complicated than it really was, adding requirements for salvation that were beyond the cross. Never go beyond the cross. Never. Never go beyond the blood. If someone says you need the cross plus this, they're already perverting the gospel. If someone says they need the blood plus this, they're already perverting the gospel. Are you guys listening to what I'm saying? This is a statement from the Engadi Rescue Center. It's a Jewish learning center. It says this, well-meaning people make God's rules more strict than they really are and put burdens on others' shoulders to keep impossible legalistic rules by insisting on extra requirements that are not central to salvation. Well-meaning people often put up barriers to sincere seekers 
of those who want to follow Christ. God is saying to all of us by, by, the, Holy, by the Holy Spirit, don't make this complicated. Don't make it complicated. Don't make it hard. As soon as you hear something that is not in rhythm with the Bible, a red flag should immediately go up and you should know that the enemy is lying to you and trying to confuse you. Did everyone hear what I just said? Now, right now you're just listening. And so far, because I'm sticking straight with the Bible, you're calm and you're cool. Some of you are falling asleep. Oh, I've heard this before. Oh, I already know it, and I agree with that. Yeah, everything. And, you're, and, and, and it's kind of even boring to you. Oh, it's the same thing. Pastor Jerry's saying the same thing. Thank God that it's the same thing, that it doesn't change, that I'm not coming at you with some weird outer, outer space wacky stuff to get you all excited and to get you all pumped up and to make you think that I reached some kind of a spiritual level where I have a new revelation from God. No, no, no. This is all we need, church. And we need to keep hearing it over and over and over and over again. And if it lulls you to sleep like a little baby, that's okay. You can snore away in church because your spirit is saying, yes, Pastor Jerry, he's saying the same thing over and over, over again. It's the same gospel. It's the same Jesus. He's not perverting it. He's not changing it. I want to hear the same thing over and over again. I need to hear it over and over. And yes, it's making me sleepy. Yes, over and yes, it's boring me. Yes, it's over. But it's a, it's a gospel. It's the word of God. That's what I want to hear. That's what, that's what I need. And that's okay. And that's the way it's supposed to be. But as soon as you hear something like what the public school is teaching our kids, that the Big Bang Theory is the origin of life and man, as soon as you hear something like that, your antennas should go up. Hey, hey, that's not what the Bible says. All religions lead to God and all religions lead to heaven. Immediately, you're unt- you should wake up. Hey, I just heard something that's not normal. That's not right. What did I just hear? Say that again. Immediately when you hear something that doesn't flow, that doesn't r- go in rhythm with your spirit that is of God, right away, a red flag should go up. And the Holy Spirit is warning you that something's not right here. Are you guys listening to me, what, I, what I'm saying? Can you say amen? As soon as someone says to you, hey, you know what? There is no devil. Hey, you know what? There is no hell. Right away, an antenna should go up. A red flag should go up. A warning sign should go up. Hey, you know what? This is a messenger of Satan. It may be your best friend. It may be your spouse. It may be your boss. It may be someone that you respect, some political leader. But if they tell you something that is not in the Bible... you got to guard your heart and your mind against that situation. Did you hear what I just said, church? If somebody says to you, oh, yeah, I think I'm going to go to heaven because my good deeds outweigh my bad deeds. Right away, you know that that's not in the gospel. That is not the gospel. Or I know that I can work my way to heaven or earn my way to heaven. Right away, you should know that that is not the gospel. Let me read verse 7 again. It says this. 
which is really no gospel at all, evidently some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. What does the word pervert mean? It means this, to alter something from its original course, meaning, or state to a distortion or corruption of what was first intended. Listen, you and I have to be careful because there are people out there that are wanting to pervert this gospel and to twist it and make it say what they wanted to say instead of what God was meaning to say. Did everyone hear what I just said? They're trying to warp it. They're trying to pervert it. They're trying to twist it. They're trying to lie about it. They're trying to confuse us by perverting the gospel. And this is what the Holy Spirit is trying to warn us about right now. Be careful when you hear something that is not from the Bible. That's why it's so important. Even when I'm speaking to you, make sure that I'm able to back it up with the Bible. And if I can't, guess what? It's my own feelings. It's my own emotions. It's my own carnal thinking. And that's a dangerous thing, church. Stick to the Bible. Let it low, let it, let it just rock you to sleep with the truth. Be comforted with the truth. Be satisfied with the truth. It's manna from heaven. It's the Holy Spirit. As long as it's the same and it doesn't change, because the Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not going to change for you, and he's not going to change for me. He's not going to adapt to your situation, and he's not going to adapt to my situation. No, no, no. He's going to be God. He's going to stay God, and he will always be God. And the word of God will not pass away, church. It's going to last forever. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us, Lord, to avoid confusion. And help us, Lord God, to recognize when someone is trying to pervert the gospel by saying something or proclaiming something that is not true. No matter how fascinating it may be. No matter how dramatic it may be. Help us, Lord God, not to fall prey to the devil's lies. If you're here tonight and you say, Jerry, I am not a Christian. I have never surrendered my life to Jesus. If I were to die tonight or if Jesus were to come, I'm not sure if I would go to heaven. If that's you here tonight, just lift up your hand and we will pray. Anyone at all says, Jerry, I am not a Christian and I want to surrender my life to Jesus. Just lift up your hand. Those of you that are watching at home, if that's you and you're watching and you want to surrender your life to Jesus, just say this prayer with me right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I recognize that I am a sinner. And tonight, I willingly surrender my life to you. I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life. Forgive me of all of my sins. I believe that you were born from the Virgin Mary and that you lived a pure and perfect life a sinless life and that you went to the cross and you died on the cross and on the third day you rose from the grave. I believe that tonight. I believe an eternal life that is given freely by you and through you, Jesus. And tonight I accept that free gift of salvation 
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you said that prayer of repentance and forgiveness and you came to Jesus tonight, give us a call. Get a hold of us. Communicate with us. Let us know. And we will do what we can, the best that we can, to get you a Bible, to get you some information to help you on this journey that you have begun tonight in following Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. God bless all of you. Thank you so much for joining us here tonight. And remember, stick to the Bible. Don't let anyone or anything change you and change your heart in reference to what the Bible teaches. God bless you.